Good morning, church. It's great to be together today. I'm so excited to be with Rancho Riverside in the desert and just bring you greetings uh, this Christmas season. Today, uh, we're going to be finishing up our Kingdom Come series in kind of a Christmassy way where we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus, the birth of the King, and then the victory of the King. And we're going to look a little bit in Revelation, but it has been just Amazing to really focus on Jesus during this time, during this year. And I pray that this holiday season, this Christmas season can really be a blessing to you and your family that we can keep Jesus first in our hearts, in our minds. Uh, next week, we are actually really excited that we're going to be watching a, a one woman play called Mary, a star is born. And it's by one of your sisters, Katie Del Rocco from the Nashville Church. And she's going to tell the story of Jesus through a one-woman play. And it's going to be great for the whole family, for the kids, and an amazing way to keep and bring Jesus into Christmas this year. And I don't know how you're feeling right now, but we're almost to the end of 2020 and maybe some of us, myself included, are kind of running out of gas here at the end. Like we are really excited for the new year and ready to, to move forward. But I have been so proud of the church this year and really want to hold you up for your faithfulness, for your commitment to God, your love for him during difficult times. We've had transitions. We've had health concerns. We've had quarantine. We've had all kinds of things happening. And I do feel like that many of just our faith has shined in an amazing way and your faith has shined in an amazing way. So I believe God is training all of us and it has been hard, especially for some of us. We've lost families and loved ones, but we are, but we made it through the year and God has gotten us through. He's always faithful Today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2 and Revelation 5, like I said before, the birth of Jesus the King and the victory of Jesus the King in Revelation. So pray with me as we get started. Father, we thank you so much for this time to be together. Thank you that you have gotten us as a church through this year, and I pray that you continue to revive us and encourage us and Help us to focus on you, God, to focus on the life-giving spirit that you've given us. God, get me out of the way that your spirit can move during this sermon today. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, my first point, turn over to Luke chapter 2. My first point is a new start. And with the birth of Jesus, it brought a new start to so many people involved, but really to our entire world. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but isn't it nice to have a new start? We haven't talked about it too much in our sermons, but let's talk about the NFL for a minute, okay? Can we do that? I mean, the Steelers started this year 11-0. and What a start. It was like, where did they come from? They got it all dialed in. And I have some friends here in the desert that are really excited about the Steelers. The Chiefs. Wow, just they could go back to back. Uh, just amazing uh, talent there. New starts. Talk about Tom Brady. 
I've never seen Tampa Bay on TV so much since he went down there, and they're doing really well. It's kind of amazing, but he could get a fresh start even at the ripe young age of 42 or 43, whatever he is. Uh, amazing uh, time. The L.A. Rams. Wow. L.A. could go for the three-peat this year with the, the Lakers, Dodgers, and Rams, maybe? I mean, wow, that would be incredible. I don't know if that's ever been done before. Some of you diehard Rams fans from even before they went to St. Louis, it might be time to have some forgiveness for the Rams. This could be a good year to have some forgiveness there. And the Chargers, in a great stadium, but still not very great. But the OG Charger fans are rejoicing. Philip Rivers with the Colts. Wow, he's on fire. He looks like he's been born again out there uh, football-wise. It's It's been fun to watch. Me, I don't get to talk much when it comes to the NFL. I'm a Dolphins fan. We have a new start with Tua from Bama. And maybe we'll make the playoffs. I mean, it's possible. That would be incredible. For those of you that... Don't like football, I'm, I'm done now. But it's great to have new starts. We're not going to be just talking about new starts in football, but in our lives, we get a chance to have a new start with Christ. And we're going to look at that. What would you like to have a fresh start in in your life? If you could just have a crystal ball and just pick one thing, what would you change about your personal life? about your job, about your relationships, spiritually, how about our mental wellness? What would we want God to change? And I believe that God wants to do miracles in our lives every day and every time that we come in contact with him. As we get closer to the new year, I pray that we can all have a new birth spiritually, that we can have a new start as we're going to read about today in Luke chapter 2. So turn over to Luke chapter 2 in verse 1. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be given and taken throughout the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and put him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them at the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, 
and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning him, concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which had which were just as they had been told. And so an amazing birth, a new birth, where Jesus the King is brought into the world. And Jesus, in, during his ministry later on, would talk about a new birth, that to enter his kingdom, it takes a new birth, being born of water and the Spirit, having a new start. And isn't it true that when a baby comes into the world, everything changes. Surely that's true with Jesus. But you could ask Sam and Sylvia from Riverside. They had their baby Maverick recently, and man, everything changed. But it just reminded me of how life changes with children. If you think about it, it helps us with our selfishness. Our time, it's not ours anymore. It helps us with our attitudes, with our words, with our tone, with the just the feeling that I I had this feeling when my kids were born, I got to be a better man. I got to be more spiritual. I got to be an example. I need to provide. I need to be there for them. I need to help them. And so it brought out all of this goodness inside of me and inside of all of us when we have kids. It brings out patience. In incredible ways. But imagine the, the, the love and the, the grace that you understand when you're holding, when I, when you hold a baby. I remember holding my children and just feeling like, wow, this is how God feels about me. Not only did it change the outside of my life, not only did it change my schedule, not only did it make me tired as I'll get out for the next few months, but it changed my heart. It changed my understanding of God. And that's what Jesus did to Bethlehem and the world when he was born. He changed everything. Not just outward things, but inward things. And whoever came in touch with Jesus was never the same. Everywhere Jesus went, there was a new beginning. There was a new birth. There was a new start. There was change. When we're around Jesus... We are compelled to change for God because of God and because of what he's doing in our lives. I mean, you think about Jesus. Let's just look at the story for a minute. Jesus was born. They show up into Bethlehem, not even talking about the donkey ride to get there, but they don't have plans. They don't have a reservation at the inn. You know, I know when we have kids, I mean, we want to have the room set. Everything's got to be in place. And and then we're ready to go. They showed up to chaos. They showed up and there was nothing left. They were unprepared. And imagine what they must have felt to go to all the different places and have nowhere to stay. 
I'm sure the temptation would have been like, hey, God, come on. What's going on? This is your son, and you're not even giving us a place to stay. I mean, where are you? Maybe this year we've had some of that feeling like, God, this is chaos. This isn't what we planned. We're not prepared for this. And we could be tempted to have that same attitude. And yet God set it up exactly how he wanted it to be. In verse 7, it says that he, they laid him in a manger. And you learn a lot about Jesus just from his how he came into the world. That he wasn't from, a, he was from a humble family. A carpenter that, who was really unimpressive without God. There was no way that people would look at them and say, look, that's a king's family. That's a royal family. And yet God, with God, what an amazing entrance he made. All the money in the world, but you can't have the angels celebrating your birth unless you're Jesus. When God was with Mary and Joseph, just even though they were common people, they became uncommon because of God and his plan for their lives. Even us today, we may be uncommon, but with God, we can do amazing things and we can have an amazing impact. He shows up, the first people he shows up to are the shepherds living in the fields. That's their job. They're taking care of the sheep. They, they, they go camping every night with the sheep. Some people would really not like that. Others, maybe you would like it, but that, if that was your job, that would be pretty rough. But when you think about the famous shepherds of old in the Bible, Moses, he was out tending the sheep when he ran into the burning bush. You think about David writing the 23rd Psalm with his experience from being a shepherd. But these shepherds, they were settled out in the field. They were settled probably in life. They probably accepted, hey, this is my lot in life. This is my career. This is my direction. This is where I am going to be. This is me. And maybe they didn't feel like they were much to look at. Maybe they didn't feel like they were that important. But God gave them a new beginning. He changed their world. He showed up to them. He, he gave them a message to share. It says that he brought good news that will bring great joy to all the earth. It was then and it always has been good news to be with Jesus. That he brings forgiveness, that he brings life to the full, that he brings hope to a world that needs hope. And I don't know about you, but I, I am excited about that right now. To be able to have hope of a new future, not just because of COVID, but because we can still change day by day by day. In verse 13 and 14, it says they were surrounded by a great company of heavenly hosts that were singing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That he brought peace, that he brought praising to God. And just imagine what it would be like, the emotional response of the shepherds, just looking up and seeing this amazing procession. Wow, God, thank you. They were it says they were terrified. They were they didn't know what to do. That when God calls us, it's not just this blank note that he gives us through his word. 
It's an emotional call. It's a call of love. It's a call of inspiration. Think back to when you were called by God that at some point there was an emotional response that you always came back to that gave you the, the conviction, the love, the, the, the heart. When things got tough, you could think back and remember those moments. This was one of those times for these shepherds that they thought back to that God inspired us. He captured our imaginations. It's not just about reading our Bible every day, but it's about letting God capture our emotions and our inspiration and using our imagination to picture what God is doing in the world and in our lives. In verse 17, it says that they went out to spread the word about Jesus. And we all know that soon after this, and they named Jesus, and not too long after that, he went to Egypt for uh, quite a number of years. So I don't know if these shepherds were around 30 years later when Jesus started his ministry. Maybe they were. Maybe they were some of his first followers. Maybe they, they were there at Pentecost. But if not, this may have been their only encounter with Jesus. And yet it still changed their lives. It says they went away glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen. I believe that God wants each of us to dream again. He wants each of us to, to believe again that we can change, to, to grow and be who he wants us to be. I know for me, even this past week, I walked in the living room, the kids were there, and I just said, guys, I'm tired. I need, I need strength. I, this year has been a long year. There's a lot happening and I'm not, I'm not one to complain. I don't get tired easily, but this was one of those moments. Man, I am tired. And I can imagine God looking down and saying, you're feeling empty. You're feeling tired. Perfect. That's perfect. Now I can fill you up. Now I can give you strength. Now I can give you what I promised. How do you feel about trials and difficulties in your life? When things get difficult, when things get a little out of control, when things get a lot out of control, the Bible says that trials and difficulties come. In James 1, it says that they can help us to be mature. That without difficulties, we don't mature spiritually. I believe God this year is maturing you and me as a church and as individuals. And in Romans 5, it says that difficulties build character, and character brings hope. So many times we want hope, but we don't want difficulties, and we don't realize that God is giving us difficulties so that we can grow in our character and build our hope for the future with God. There's a lot of exciting things that are happening this week in the IE. The Barretos are coming from Chile Nelson and Carolina and their family, we're so excited. This is the week that they arrive. And thank you so much for everyone in Rancho who has helped to make that a special uh, welcome for them. And also here in the desert, we're excited for Roy and Alicia, now Gonzalez, to come back from their honeymoon and to be able to be out here. What an amazing and joyful time, how God is restarting things. And yet for all of us, 
Our hope doesn't come from more ministry staff, although that's nice. Our hope comes from God. God is the one who wants to restart our life. He's the one that gives us a new spirit, a new attitude, and a new life. Do you believe that God has plans for you to have a hope and a future in your life? You believe that God wants to use you, not use other people, although he wants to use them too, but he wants to use you to help people know him, to build up your family, to build up the church, to grow. Do you believe that God will bless you? It says that peace will come to those on whom his favor rests. Do you believe that God favors you because he loves you? And I believe that God wants all of us to have a new start. And I pray that you have the faith to make decisions, to make plans, to share them with those around you, and most of all, to believe again that God wants to use each and every one of us. My second point is called a glorious ending. We saw he had Jesus had a glorious beginning, and now we're going to fast forward to the glorious ending. Don't you love movies that have awesome endings? I mean, it's depressing when you watch an entire movie, you get to the end and everybody dies. Or something depressing happens and those are not my favorite movies, probably not yours either. But like, I like movies like Star Wars where they go in and they destroy the Death Star and everybody, everything blows up, all the bad guys and everyone celebrates. You know, Harry Potter where Voldemort just disintegrates into oblivion you know, where evil is destroyed. I mean, that is, that's what I'm talking about. And I believe that as we fast forward uh, 30 years or so to the churches in Asia, written to in Revelation, they're going through a difficult time. There's persecution. There's all kinds of trials going on. People are being killed. People are going to be killed in the future here for their faith. And Jesus has a lot of words for them, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But before he challenges them, encourages them, or after he does that, he wants them to see Jesus. He wants them to see the victory, to see what's coming, what's coming ahead. And I believe when we're going through difficult times that God wants us to look and see the end of the movie so that we can go back to our lives and realize, hey, with God, we're going to win. God has already been victorious. So listen to this and use your imagination as I read this scripture for us. It says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb 
had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbered thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. And the church said to Amen. In the middle of their trials, in the middle of their challenges, in the middle of their need to persevere, God takes their eyes from what's going on right in front of them and he lifts them up so they could see who Jesus really is and where Jesus really is. He reminds them that of what Jesus has done for them and he reminds them and he tells them, do not weep. Jesus will save and already is victorious. Don't forget Jesus in the midst of the challenge. Don't forget Jesus. It's so easy to go through our lives and we get caught up in all the things going on around us and we forget who is with us. We forget Jesus. We forget that he's right there and that he is leading us through this life. Don't throw away your confidence. Take it up. God is faithful. And so many of you have been faithful in return. I love in verse 8, it says that the prayers of God's people were like incense going up to heaven. And I know that there's been a lot to pray about, but it's at times, even for me, it's become a challenge because you get so busy to, to, to have that dedicated time to pray, to have the faith that God is listening to each one of our prayers. I want to encourage you, dedicate yourself to prayer because it is like sweet incense going up to God. And if you can imagine them using their imagination, you'll see the smoke going up there to know that your prayers reach the throne of God. Continue to devote yourself, even over this holiday time, to take special time to thank God, to ask God, to pray to him and to see the miracles that he will do in return. And his faithfulness is amazing. 
in verse 10, and this comes up so much in the book of Revelation and other places in the Bible. It says that he will make them a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. That God literally says that when you overcome spiritually with Jesus, you will reign on the earth. And I don't know about you, I've thought about that quite a lot and never quite could understand how am I going to reign? I mean, I can understand Jesus is going to reign, God, the Holy Spirit, they're reigning, but how do we reign? And this week it came to me, I don't know if this is exactly right, but it made sense in my mind. It's like when I, when my daughter Chloe was little, one of her favorite things for whatever reason was to ride on the ride on lawnmower with me. And she'd get the headphones on or the ear protection on and she would get on there and we'd ride around in Connecticut cutting the grass. And I pictured it like we, us coming in the house and her telling Danielle, hey mom, I just cut the grass. Yeah, she did. She actually was, she was sitting on me the whole time. She was grabbing the wheel, but I was driving, but we, we did it together. And I pictured that as, that's what reigning with God means. That we're sitting on God's lap. He is ruling and he's doing it with us. That he's allowing us to sit on his throne as he rules. So in that way, are we really reigning like God? I don't think so. But are we able to be with him while he reigns? Yes. And that is incredible. And as that was one of her fun times growing up, that we will get to sit on the throne with God in heaven. And here it says on the earth. That is incredible. Now think about this time as they're getting this picture of Jesus and there's all these angels singing and glorifying him. They're in the middle of being encouraged, being challenged, being called to repentance in some cases. And yet, it's hard to change when you don't see Jesus. It's hard to change when you're not in love with him and you're not enamored by him. And I pray that you can see Jesus in your life because there's also things that in all of us that he wants to change. You know, there were two of the churches in Revelation that he didn't have any thing that they needed to change. He just challenged them, hold on, just keep going, just persevere. You're tired. I know all that you've been through. Just hang on. For some of us, God is saying, hang on, you can do it. I'm with you. You're going to be victorious. To three other churches, he said that you have a lot of good there. There's, and he encouraged them and said, you persevere and you have a lot of great deeds and you, you, you hate the things that I hate. And yet he still called them to repent in different areas. That they had lost their first love. That they were just going through the motions that they didn't have the love that they had at first. The challenge was do the things that you did at first. That they were tolerating sin. That sin had gotten into parts of the church. Immorality and idolatry. And even now, as you think about Jesus, I believe he's calling us to change. If you want to give Jesus a Christmas present, draw near to him and cut out the things in your life that he doesn't want there. Get back to your first love. Get the sin out of your life that needs to get out of there. 
whether it's immorality or idolatry or materialism or selfishness or whatever it is, rededicate yourself to God this Christmas. And to two other churches, he had nothing good to say, except if you repent, you can still change. So even there, they were not doing great, but there was still hope. For everyone here today, there's still hope from God. Maybe he's got some encouragement for you. Maybe he doesn't. But ultimately, we all still have that opportunity to change. To them, he said, you have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. You're going through the motions. You put on the church face, but inside there's nothing. Some of us, we've developed some bad COVID habits where we've gotten lackadaisical in reading our Bibles and prayer, where we've gotten uncommitted to the meeting of the bodies, where we've pulled back from the relationships that are around us, where we've maybe gotten into ourselves. And I believe God wants us to live not based on the circumstances around us, but on our convictions, on our, our what we believe God wants us to be devoted to the Bible, to be devoted to one another, you know, it's been so encouraging. One of the family groups here in the desert, I was hearing about it. The brother was sharing. He says, you know, we have in the last few weeks gotten back into the swing of things. We've reconnected with God. We've reconnected with one another. We're showing up for all of our events. We're, 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 we're giving. We're praying for one another. We're reading a book together. We're committing and recommitting to discipling to one another. And guess how he was feeling? Amazing. He was so excited. He was so happy. Not just because it was making his group better, but because everyone else, the joy was spreading. When we repent, when we turn back to God, there is incredible joy. And I believe that God wants all of us to share in his joy and to have a glorious ending where we finish strong with Christ. As we come to our time of communion here, I want to focus on a few things that are here in Revelation 5. The first is in, in verse 9, where it says, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God people from every tribe and language and nation. And I pray that as we take communion, that we have a deep honor and reverence and love for Christ because only he is worthy to buy your forgiveness and mine. Because of him, we have hope. For today, we have hope for tomorrow. and We have hope for the future with him in heaven. In verse 13, he says, To him who sits on the throne... And to the Lamb be praise, honor, glory, and power forever and ever. And I pray that as we take communion, that we remember that Jesus is victorious. That when we stand with him, we win. That if we stand opposed to him, we lose. But when we stand with him because of his blood, his grace, his forgiveness, we win. Spiritually, we win in life, we win in death, and we get to reign with him forever.
It says that every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth will proclaim that Jesus is Lord. As they were going through incredible challenges, they needed to be reminded that with Jesus, we win. And even now, as we take our communion, you may have challenges in your life. I pray that you take heart and are encouraged to know that with Jesus, you and I win. Let's pray as we take our communion. Father, we thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this time of year where the world stops in a way to think about your son. I pray that even now as we take communion that we can think about the new start that we need to make with you. Think about the hope that we can change day after day and year after year. Thank you for Jesus and his body that gave us hope, for his blood that gave us forgiveness to have a new start. God, I pray that we can think about that glorious victory that Jesus won through the cross and then three days later rising from the dead. I pray that we can Get whatever we need to out of our lives so that we can see you more clearly and that we can be there with you reigning someday because of your body and your blood. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.